Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Gateway Sports Venue Podcast. This past weekend, we had two St. Louis area teams win state championships. East St. Louis won the Class 6 championship in St. Louis. Just met, won the Class 6 championship in Missouri. Congratulations to both of those teams. Uh, But on the less fortunate side, we had three St. Louis area teams that we thought had a good chance to win the state championship. I guess four, if we, uh, as, as John Huff and Roman Bishop are, are hand signaling to me right now. Don't give uh, away the secret. <laughs> but we had in class five, we had Fort Zumwalt North, who I thought would win the state championship in class five. <laughs> and they, they uh, uh, lost in a close game to Carthage. In class four, we had Ledoux, who I think we all kind of acknowledged uh, was an underdog against Webb City, but we thought they had at least a decent chance to win the game. They end up losing 35 to nothing in a game that was uh, not really close, obviously. Um, also in class four, St. Mary's lost in a very close game to Platte County, 15 to 14. We I don't think we really thought they had a good chance of beating Ledoux or Webb City, whoever. Would, would they would meet in the, yeah. the title game. Uh, and then in Class 3, uh, we thought Trinity had a pretty good chance, especially they, they got Reggie Love back for the first time since Week 2. In I, don't, I, don't know, I don't think he played. He played. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I doubt he was 100%. Uh, yeah, we, right. But we thought Trinity had, had gotten things rolling. Uh, instead, they lose 13 to nothing to Cassville in a game that was, by, by yardage, a close game. Um so we will we will go through and, and talk about those games and for uh, the uh, the one remaining St. Louis area team Lutheran North uh, they they did uh, win their game against Lathrop we'll preview their game against Ava this this Friday at Furrow Field and uh, once we get done with the football discussion if you stay through to the end uh, we'll do a basketball uh, some basketball rankings and uh, some discussions of some well maybe 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 not, maybe not rankings yet okay. I don't have them ready yet. Okay, well, we'll talk some basketball. There are uh, some of the better teams uh, in St. Louis have big games starting this coming weekend. Um, or some, and maybe talk about some rankings as well. Okay, maybe there will be rankings. We'll see. Um, so, um, I'm going to have to edit some of this out. <laughs> we can keep, keep talking. Let's uh, talk about East St. Louis. Uh, they uh, they were tied at halftime, ended up winning 43-21. Yep, 43-21 victory over Crystal Lake Prairie Ridge. I said Crystal Lake Park last week, so that was unnecessary. But yeah, Crystal Lake Park is a suburb, a very small suburb of 600 people in West St. Louis County. They, they weren't playing them. They were okay. playing a team in the north suburbs of Chicago. Well, I got, I got, um, got two-thirds of it right. But... Yeah, I didn't really care who East St. Louis was going to play in this one. I was just super confident they could win. And 
when they did, it was a little close. It was uh, it was fourteen fourteen at halftime and uh, twenty to fourteen in the third and going into the fourth quarter. But then uh, Tyler Macon and just and the rest of the team, Demonte Witherspoon, came alive. Uh, they scored three straight touchdowns and actually, yeah, in the second half they scored four straight touchdowns, uh, including a ninety-two yard uh, fumble recovery from Darion Perkins uh, halfway with about six minutes to go. And uh, just another another dominate. Well, offensively, just another great performance. Tyler Macon's unbelievable. He, Fourteen of nineteen for three hundred four yards, and then gained one hundred and three one hundred and four on the ground with ten rushes. So that's you know four hundred and eight total yards for Macon. Uh, I'm going to come out with some postseason awards, but I think he's a front runner right now for the best player overall in the area. Uh, yeah. He's really earned a state champion. Just Awesome stats, yeah, um, and very good receivers. I've, I, I think, I said uh, uh, before the season that the first receiver I would pick for my team is Dominic Lovett. Yeah, and and he, and he go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, and you know, proved our points. Uh, 118 yards on five receptions, then uh, Quintez Lewis, 105 yards on three receptions. Uh, you know, those are, and then Antonio Johnson, Lawan Pell, all all four of those guys are studs. So. Yeah, East St. Louis probably has, uh, if you don't count Antonio Johnson, who will play college football at Texas A&M as a safety, they've got at least three receivers in addition to him that will play college football. Yeah. At least three. Uh, and I, I think that uh, those three could all be uh, all be Division One, and all have a shot at Power Five. Um, Dominic Levette, almost certainly a, a Power Five uh, player. And then, and then De- DeMonte Witherspoon, you know, um, you may not have seen this, but uh, there was a clip on on Twitter where uh, head coach Darren Sunkett said that Demonte Witherspoon is the best running back in Illinois, which is a hot take. But it, he he certainly got a point because uh, he said they re- he he's such a good running back that the reason why they have a very good play, you know, they have they're very successful on play actions is because you need a good running back and to sell that and. Witherspoon is definitely a running back of high caliber that can uh, sell these play actions and to make Tyler Macon look a little bit better than what he maybe really is, and he is very good. But you know, he 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 makes that offense go, and that's what Coach Suckett was uh, you know trying to you know stress, and he's got a very good point. Yeah, well, this was an all-time great East St. Louis team, one of the all-time great teams in uh, from from the St. Louis area, I think. Um, really is. Yeah, and the. Um, I think, including the state championship game, I think they were so much better than a lot of the teams they played that they that they did not get up for every game. And even though they went undefeated, they they, they could have they they could have gotten a lot more margin in some of these games. I think if absolutely, um, but they uh, um, you know they, they they just didn't face competition anywhere near their level the entire season. Except for, yeah, a couple of exceptions. You know, I think Chatham Glenwood gave them a pretty good game despite maybe what the score says. Uh, obviously, Prairie Ridge gave them a good game. Edwardsville, but I th- I was at that game in East St. Louis. They did not play their, at t- to their fullest potential. Uh, and then uh, who else? Was, oh, Batavia, that was the first game of the year, but I think if East St. Louis played Batavia again, that would be a running clock. Um, and then it was their oh, it was that one fifty to um, Nuka Valley that was really their closest game fifty to forty eight and uh, uh, I'm not quite sure what how Nuka Valley did I know they were uh, that was their only loss of the season so 
I I don't know what they did the rest of the year, but I know they were that was their only loss. So that was a good team. They 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 barely beat early in the season. Yeah. Um, next year, uh, well, I guess we'll let's talk now about this Met. They defeated Joplin thirty-five to twenty for the Class Six championship. I was kind of surprised Joplin only scored twenty points. Well, and I was also kind of surprised that it was that it, it was that they only scored twenty points, and yet it was still a close game. Well, I think for most of the game, based on what you, who you're here from, I couldn't watch the game because I was uh, I was coming back from from Web City. Uh, I listened to like about the final five minutes of the game on the radio. Uh, Joplin, they had this met where they wanted them, but they just. They they committed turnovers, and that's what allowed the Smet to get back into the game and uh, really pulled away in the fourth quarter. Uh, out, um, they they scored twenty one points in the fourth quarter um, with a pass on the first play of the fourth quarter. Michael Wheeler threw a wide open pass to Rashad Smith Harvey. Rashad Smith Harvey, and then um, they recovered. I think the. On the initial on the initial kickoff, or I think on the first play after that, they recovered a fumble, and then uh, Rico Barfield scored on an eight yard run, and then um, with under two minutes to go, Michael Wheeler, their quarterback, um, scored on a quarterback keeper. Um, the, to thing, the thing, kill about, the game off. The thing about this Met that is uh, is so so difficult to go against is extremely dominant on both uh, offensive and defensive lines, and then the, those three running backs. I don't. This might be the best group of three running backs. Can you think of anyone better ever? A team that had three running backs as good as Dismet's three. Well, I'm not. I'm not the best historian, but definitely in my certainly not anytime recently. Ten, ten plus years of just of following St. Louis high school sports. I can't remember any that are better that come to mind. I mean, when you can rotate those three guys, you. you you look at the uh, the second halves of a lot of this Met games. They wear teams down. There's been a lot of long runs in second halves um, because they no no other team really ever in the, that uh, at least in our memory of uh, St. Louis area high school football can run three running backs at a team like this Met can, mm-hmm. uh, and then that's on top of a good offensive line with a pretty darn good passing attack. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the I think that three headed monster is is what eventually overwhelms uh, their opponents, yeah. and this was no no different. Um, the uh, um, I, so let, let me ask uh, now with the, you know whenever a, a, uh, you have a dominant state championship team as this this Met team was undefeated, um, big victories over over CBC, um, the the reigning uh, two time state champion um, is. Can they repeat? Um, their quarterbacks are seniors, uh, but they have—they uh, seem to have quite a bit of, of junior talent that's returning. And yeah. I, so, so going into next year, you know, Dismet versus um, you know the, the, the East St. Louis and the Smet are going to play against each other. Well, that, that's why I wanted to get to, to this one. We'll talk about that in a moment. How how would you assess Dismet versus CBC next year? Dismet versus CBC. Yeah, CBC returns. I think Aiden, that, Aiden Robinson, Wayne, a quarterback. Just met does not have a returning quarterback. Both both that, their starter. And that's their a pretty tough question to answer right now. Just met does return a couple of their running backs. And they do. We, we're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not making a game fine. prediction, but just how do you see the talent on both teams stacking up? I, They're both going to be very good. I think both arguably the two best teams in Missouri. Next it'll, year. it'll be more competitive than the regular season game we had. Yeah, was it like week four? Yeah, around that time. It'll be hopefully. I mean. Obviously, this is going to be in a while, but 
I mean, just looking at who they return and who each team loses and assuming neither team gains a crazy transfer or – Which is very possible. Yeah, which is possible, but, but I mean, any, like, or anything of that sort, I mean, I think we could expect at probably a, a, a one-touchdown game, or if, if even, yeah. if both these teams are going to bring back a lot uh, the, around the same amount of talent. I don't know. I, I, I just I think this Met will still will have enough returning talent that they are in my mind the early favorite. But I I look at the quarterback situation that massively favors CBC. Yep. Uh, so I I I, I think I'd agree with Roman if I had to set the line I'd say it's it's probably just met by you know by a touchdown roughly at this point. Um, if you but can that'll still have that run game and that they're gonna have, mm-hmm. you know a decent chunk of their line and. Like, Mac Markway is going to be, you know, he's got an offer for Michigan. He's going to be a sophomore for DeSmet. So, and, you know, him and a couple other guys are going to be back. So, yeah, I, I would, you'd like to have a good run game going in. Yeah. Um, and they're still going to be good. At, you know, they're still going to have athletes as well. Yeah, makes total sense. Um, well, then uh, the next subject is, and I guess one more thing on that subject is I think there is uh, an almost a hundred percent chance that there will be maybe a couple significant transfers. There is uh, every year. There are every year, but I think it's just you just expect. We, it well, you've had you have Trinity and Cardinal Ritter who will start next season with a different coach than start they started this season with. Yeah, and I, I think that that's and and not just like one the head coach, but I. Significant staff. Okay. It's going to be interesting to see if the Cardinal Ritter players decide to stay and try and help rebuild that program, or if they just try to transfer away. And well, I kind of, I kind of have some. I've heard some rumors about there's some players going somewhere. Well, I think it, it, it. I think for the for there, there are certainly some players at all those schools that are that are there for the school and will will be there no matter what, no matter who the coach is. But I think for some number of players, maybe it's just two or three, maybe it's four or five, who knows, maybe, maybe it's as many as 10 or 15 um, on, on either team that want to play football in college, and they will go to whatever high school they think gives them the best shot at doing that, and that depends largely on who the coach is, uh, so we I, I think it'll it will you know how much how many transfers away from uh, Trinity and and Cardinal Ritter will depend on who the coach is. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see, but I, I I think it's certainly in play that there could be some um, transfers of very good very good star players to some other schools, um, presumably dismissed. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And CBC would be two of the right. schools that might they, people might transfer to. And just lastly, I thought about the Joplin to Smet game. Uh... I thought Joplin did a really good job defensively. Uh, I, I would have been surprised if you know they would have allowed two touchdowns and in going into the fourth quarter. So I think that's that was a good thing for them. And uh, unfortunately for Joplin, I, I think this was a nice run they had, but you know they lose a lot of almost all their key players on on offense. You know Westmoreland and Davis and Tash, and Glazer. Yeah, like they're all seniors. So that's a very good senior, so that'll be tough to replace. And because uh, they were like the, the one really, the big you know, threat to the SMET from out of state, and now I think it's you know, probably next year we're going to kind of. I mean, it's going to be a little, it, it really could be like a depressing thought, like, oh, same, like CBC to SMET, same district. That's going to be like the state championship game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, it was this year, but as it turned out, you know, Joplin was very good and. It, even if, like, let's say if CBC were to have beaten Desmet, that they Joplin would have given them a really tough game too. Yeah, I mean, and we see, we'll see teams change classes and districts all the time from year to year. I mean, obviously both Desmet and CBC are going to be in Class Six next year. They're always going to be in Class Six. Probably. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're most likely going to be in the same district. I mean, it's possible that um, some teams are going to switch between Class Five and Class Six, and. Um, vice and maybe in other classes, and it might they might not be in the same district next year. Mm-hmm. And what we, what we hope for is that that when they do meet in the playoffs, it'll be in the state championship game because that's what I mean. As that's what them as players would deserve. That's what us as fans would deserve because mm-hmm. it's the most interesting. It's the most possibly interesting state final. But I mean, just given the, their locations in the area and. The size of their school, I mean, you, you'd have to assume they're going to be in the same district again next year. Yeah. Yeah, but congratulations to the SMET. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing um, season. Now, um, now what, we have one more game uh, next year to talk about, and that is next as, as you as, – next year. Oh. As, well, we've got a game next week, but uh, we'll talk about next year. This Met and East St. Louis will play each other. I, I wish so much that they would play each other next week yeah. for the, uh, the, the St. Louis area championship. Well, Missouri, the Midwest State Championship. Yeah, uh, perhaps. perhaps. Sorry, sorry. Uh, the um, um. By the way, if if, if uh, either of the coaches want to uh, uh, DM us on, on on Twitter, we 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 would love to try and set up that game at the dome, and I think we have the resources to put it together. Yeah, that would so, be so, amazing. So, coaches, uh, that's uh, Darren Sunkett and. Uh, uh, Robert Steeples, DM us on Twitter, and we'll, we'll set the game up uh, for later on uh, Bring the game to the Dome. Yes. Yes. St. Louis Area Championship. Actually, it, even, though, even though the location's out of the way, Linden would be a perfect venue. Yep. I, I think I think with the need, weather, I mean, it would be nice. We're gonna to we're gonna home. we're gonna yes. need more, we're gonna need more capacity. We're we're gonna we're we're selling at least twenty thousand tickets. To this. Ah, okay. It's really? all gonna be for charity. So if anyone tries to that's the yeah. show or whoever tries to stop us from doing the game, that's charity quotation marks. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the 
Um, but but the but next year when the the t- teams do actually play for real, uh, it uh, I'm guessing East St. Louis will at that point be number one in your rankings, and Dismet will either be two or three. Dismet will be two. Yeah, I've already got that. Figured out. East, so, St. So, Louis, so, East St. Louis is going to be number one and spot number two. So it will be week two next year, a number one versus number two matchup in the St. Louis area. That's right. Um, we had said earlier this year that if they were to play, we think East St. Louis would be a very solid favorite. Yeah. How do you see it next year? I have no idea. I can't answer that. I think... I think... It, based we're, on we're, the, we're going to see some changes with both teams... Person, well, player-wise, I think yeah. both these teams every year get new players. Based on the returning talent, meaning Tyler Macon and the East St. Louis receivers mainly, uh, I, I think I would have them as still a pretty solid favorite. Yeah, but they will lose some linemen. Javantez Spragans, Kevon Billingsley. Yeah, those guys are, are very, very good, but that just seems to be a very deep program. Yeah, that's true. You know, Miles McVay, he's a very promising freshman. He's, he he's, he plays a lot already, so he'll step up as a sophomore. He's one guy. But yeah, that that's a long way away though. Yeah. Um but that's uh with uh with uh, after uh, this next weekend, that'll be the next big game coming up. Um so the next game to discuss is in class 5 uh Carthage, uh, which is uh, located uh, down in the area southwest Missouri near right Web City Joplin. And, and Joplin. Yeah, yeah Joplin, Web City, and, and Carthage are all within what, like twenty miles of each other, and they've uh, something like that. Yeah, they've, they've put on a pretty good postseason, pretty good seasons, and a great postseason now. Uh, but Carthage, they upset Fort Zumwalt North twenty to seventeen in a back and forth game. Uh, Roman, you were telling me each team had exactly four possessions. Yeah, I believe each team had about four possessions, and that kind of tells you how... The ball control game. Yeah, it tells you how the the game went by really fast. I mean, if you told me that the first quarter lasted exactly 12 minutes, I would not be surprised because each team run only run plays the entire first quarter. And from my knowledge, I think they all just were down um, inbounds. And the refs were... Pretty quick to the ball to reset it and keep the clock going after a first down, but yeah, the I'd, I'd say that one of the major reasons for Zimbabwe North losses game is their uh, lack of ability to control the clock. I mean they they allowed Carthage to have two two huge drives. The the first drive it was the first drive of the game. Carthage took about eight minutes off the clock. Well, Zimbabwe North had um uh, they had it wasn't a three and out, but they had to punt it away. And then Carthage took about eight minutes off the clock, off a pretty long drive, and they scored a touchdown. And then in the, it was in between the third quarter and fourth quarter, they had Carthage had a nine-minute drive to score what ended up being the game-winning touchdown. And um, I think that Zumwalt North kind of they 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 let Carthage do this by just allowing them to run it up the gut pretty much the entire game. I think if you just look at a play breakdown, Carthage ran either just a halfback dive or a QB lead probably half the time, and I'm not even exaggerating with that. Like They, they would just run dive or lead left or right pretty much the entire game. Yeah. And Zumalt North helped with them losing the clock battle by running it not as effectively as they could have run it. And then what... I mean, if I was the coach for Zamont North, what I would have done is I, I would have just I would have recognized that 
I mean, I know that the Zumwalt North coaches already knew that they had the better athletes, but I think just being able wanting to throw it more would have really helped them out here because I mean, as we all know, Zumwalt North has ama- has amazing athletes, and they were they were definitely better than Carthage's athletes, and I think that spreading it out, and even if they would have gone five wide, which is really unconventional for Zumwalt North, even if they would have just if, if they would have just thrown the ball every single play they probably would have won this game by a couple of touchdowns just because they would have been able to manage the clock easier and they would have let their athletes just control the game in open space, which is definitely what they could have could have done. You know, that's that's interesting you, you say about if they had thrown the ball more um, because if the by, by it being a close game and by Fort Zumwalt North not getting a, a lead earlier, it allowed Carthage to basically do what you just said and run the ball every time and kind of, you know, four yards a carry, you know, keep getting if you if you do that you keep getting first downs. Yeah, I think if Zumwalt North was just, if they were able to create just one more three and out or just score one more time, they would have won this game. And if they wouldn't have had so many Carthage was really good at getting – they were good at getting two plays for every first down and keeping those plays in balance because Carthage knew going into this game they would have to control the clock, and they did an excellent job of doing that because, I mean, as we discussed, each team had four possessions the whole game, which is extremely low. And, yeah, I mean, if, if Zumalt North – I think the whole game they had about – they had like – they had about – Six or seven design pass plays, but Cairo Payne um, had to scramble on on most of them. And so I think if they were if, if they would have been able to set up a pass game and spread out the uh, Carthage defense first and then run up the middle, that would have helped out. Because if if Zumalt North uh, was able to throw it down the field the first drive and score, then that really would have just forced Carthage to change a lot. Because Carthage they like to stack the box. Because they knew Zumal North from the ball a lot, and they did a pretty good job against it. And it's it, it really is unfortunate to see because we knew throughout the whole season that Zumal North deserved that number one ranking. They were really talented, really good up front. And, I mean, if they would have played this game nine times out of ten, they would have won the majority of them. Or if they would have played this game ten times, they would have won the majority of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, it, 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 you hate to see it. I mean, especially because they were the only St. Louis team left in Class 5. Yep. And just looking at the matchup of Carthage versus Jackson, I'm, I'm pretty sure Jackson can win this game by multiple touchdowns. I mean, don't get me wrong. Car- unless unless uh, Carthage does the same thing to Jackson. Well, yeah, that's true. And don't get me wrong. Carthage is a great team. They have really good size up front. They're really physical. Their their O line is one of the best I've seen all year, like including all the St. Louis teams. Yeah, I mean Carthage, they 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 deserve to be one of the higher ranked teams in in Class Five and in their area in Southwest Missouri. But I mean, Fordsmall North is just the more talented team overall, and I mean it. You really it you really hate to see it because over the past. Six years, Zumont North has gotten so close to winning the state title like every single year, and they've had the talent to do it. Do you, do you think this and was it, their best chance? This was definitely their best chance in the past few years, and this is going to be their best chance probably within the next few years mm-hmm. just because they're, this class of 2020 for Zumont North was one of the most talented we've seen for any school in a while, um, highlighted by Kyra Payne and Isaiah Hartrup. But... It it really is unfortunate for them because 
they've 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 really built in the premier St. Charles County high school football program, and they I'd say they deserve to to have a state championship, but. Sometimes yeah. it just doesn't go your way, and you just gotta move on. That's football. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was really hoping they could they they would do it, and uh, you know they got a very exciting product. And you know, and speaking about the Jackson game, I th- I feel like Jackson won't really allow Carthage to stack the box because Jackson they were a very good spread offense team, and they can they can catch the they got a couple of kids who can make some who can catch the ball in tight spaces and. Kale Welker, very good quarterback, and he can run as well. Maybe, arguably, the best dual threat quarterback in in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best all round quarterback in Missouri. Yeah, and I I think if Zumont North, if I mean Zumont North probably has a better chance to beat Jackson and Carthage would, just off the type of team that they are. But I mean, I we thought the exact same thing going into this week, and I mean we all were surprised by Zumont North losing, especially with what they did. And um, it's just an, a really, a really bitter end to what could have been a, the first state title from St. Charles County in over 35 years. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the my my main takeaway from it is uh, we never really know how good some of these outstate Missouri teams are until they actually play. A, you know, a, a big team from St. Louis or Kansas City, like with Jackson. We didn't think they would beat Eureka, but they did. That was just uh, a lack of uh, studying on my part. But I, I think most people would have would have agreed that with that. Yeah. And uh, we uh, Web City, they, we kind of know how they are because they've been they've so been so dominant for so long. Yeah. But Carthage, we didn't we didn't really know how good they were because that Fort Zumwalt North is probably the best team they played. Well, I felt like we had a pretty good idea. I mean, actually, what, they, what they, Roman they, said they, last week kind of went right with the game plan. It's just you know Zumwalt North just sounded like they didn't play their best game. That not not, to take, not yeah. to take much away from Carthage, but it looked like we knew Carthage was going to be a good team, but mm-hmm. just I guess Zumwalt North didn't play to their potential. Yeah, I mean if. If Zumwalt North's perimeter blocking was better, then they probably could have just they probably could have done the same thing that Carthage did and just nickel and dime the Carthage defense down the field. Yeah. But and it is what it is, and unfortunately, Carthage. I mean, I can say unfortunately because we're the St. Louis fans here. Yeah. But I mean, unfortunately, Zumwalt North wasn't able to pull it out and. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, come out next year because their first game, Zumwalt North's first game, is against Battle. And, Ooh. yeah, that'll be – I mean, they've become rivals over the past few years, especially having some pretty big playoff matchups. So it'll be interesting to see how the perennial powerhouse programs, one from Columbia, one from St. Louis, match up against each other in the first week. I got a feeling Zumwalt North wins that because it just seems like – With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like, systematically, they got an advantage, but... Uh... Who knows what happened? Well, tune in for the week one preview next year. Yes. Um, the uh, we've, I think we've discussed Fort Zumwalt North enough, so we will move to Ladue, who also fell to a uh, Southwest Missouri opponent, uh, Webb City. Although this one uh, not in such a close game, thirty-five to nothing. 
Um, I'll tell you, John, the 35 does not surprise me, but the zero for Ledoux does surprise me. Yeah, I am I am pretty su- surprised by that. Uh, and ironically, first time Ledoux's been shut out since they got shut out against Webb City in 2017 in the state championship game. Just, I felt like that was slightly more, you know, I still scratch my head to this day, like how that 2017 Ledoux offense got shut out by Webb City. Uh, the, in a game like this, though, Webb City, they got out to a, a very good start. Um, kind of did a little bit what Carthage did at the Zumwalt North. They, I think they took off like about seven and a half minutes to start the game and scored on a touchdown. In their eyes, that's just a perfect way to start. You know, when you're a, you run a split back Vera offense is to, you know, melt the clock and then score if you can. That's exactly what they did. And then a couple, I think three plays on, in on Ledoux's next drive, they threw an interception and then Webb scores on that. Uh, well, they they score on that possession. They got off the turnover. So, very bad start for for Ledoux. Uh, but I, I, a lot of credit goes to Webb City's defense, who uh, they were really focused. Uh, you know, nine they returned nine starters from last year's team, who allowed seventeen points uh, against Ledoux. And I think the big difference this year is that was Ledoux all had a young had a young offensive line and you know I think two seniors th- this season pretty much their their center and then one of the tackles Jelani Davis who I think ultimately rotated back to being an offensive guard and then defensively Ledoux has a good defensive line but Webb City's offensive line is huge and they really dictate the play and then they got two fantastic running backs and Terrell Kabala and Devon Weathers and then their quarterback Cade Hicks was a pretty good runner himself so that's very tough to stop, and they just did not have the same size like they Ledoux had last year, and just different. So, uh, yeah, Webb really took it, and then in the second half, Ledoux's defense did better, but they Webb's defense helped out their own offense by getting turnovers and then giving their offense short field to score. So that's that's really how they won the game. Yeah, and, and the result is not a huge surprise. The, the, the margin of victory is. Um, Web City, of course, a long, long time power. They've been uh, they they play they played in more than half of well, the state championship games in their class since the early nineties. Well, and they've won twenty consecutive district championships. Yeah, and this is I, I can't remember, but I, I think I might have read somewhere this is like the sixteenth year out of those twenty years they've made it to the semifinals, and and for a very long time I don't know how long, but it's it's they've either the state champion has either been Web City in Class Four, or the team, or the team who beat Web City. Ah, so the state they've been in, involved in just about every state yeah. champion. Like it's either th- them winning it or the team who beats them wins it. Well, let me now ask you about Ladue. So Ladue, for years and years and years, was at best an average program, and that's probably maybe I wouldn't I, say. I, at I think best. It's, I think it's fair. I'm talking say. Like nineteen ninety to two thousand ten, uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, they made it. They made it to a state championship in two thousand three and had a decent team in two thousand four, and uh, and actually had a pretty good team in nineteen ninety nine and two thousand. And uh, I, I think made it to the quarterfinals in two thousand ten. I, I and two thousand nine as well. I bet their cumulative record over that period was. Um, 
It's I would say five hundred above average would be a better way to describe it. Well, but but anyway, but clearly not like a team that would would very commonly be in the the top ten overall teams in the area. They've been not in the area, but just like what they've done in class four and in the, the playoffs. But the, these past two years, they've lost two games. These past two years combined, won the state championship. Well, three games in the past. Actually, more than that. Two, two, oh, two, no, two games oh, sorry, in the two last games two, years. Past two years, including this year. Yes. Sorry. Uh, so my question is, where does Ladue go from here? Are are are, are they a, a, a are they a top ten team again next year? I I certainly wouldn't think so based on who they have graduating. But I know you're very close to the Ladue program. I uh, see coming. It's gonna be a in a way this this season kind of turned into being a rebuilding year, like midway through the season because. There were so many young guys. Here, in my opinion. There was just so many young guys that stepped up on defense and specifically the offensive line. There was a – I'll give you an example. There was a freshman named Max Eastman, and he is a guy that is definitely one of the top – I would say he's one of the top 20 best freshmen, performing freshmen in the entire area. Here's why. He started as an offensive guard and a defensive tackle slash defensive end on defense, went both ways. He was actually even a three-way player. He was he was a he was a upman on uh, on special teams. So he he almost never left the field yeah. on a, on a class four team that went to the semifinals. In my in my book, you're one of the top twenty best freshmen in the area. Was he on that one guy's rankings? No, he no he was not. Okay, keep going. No, he was not, and we'll maybe get into that later. Uh, so. That's what I'm talking about. And then Ledoux had a lot of freshmen. Stuff. Their freshman, sorry, their sophomore class is going to be very good. And I think next year they're going to be a kind of a junior laden team. You know, they got they got a big junior class for for them. They got over 20 players, which is big for Ledoux standards. It's usually their senior classes are usually 10 to 13 players, and these these guys have about 22. So. Uh, I think they're going to step up a ton next year, and they're off. They return about three wide receivers, starting wide receivers, but their offensive line is going to be big. Looking at their roster, they're going to have guys step up. They're going to have about four to five guys who have started on their offensive line return, which is huge in my opinion. Defensively, it's got to be a work in progress, but I think they they'll they'll ultimately be pretty decent there. Maybe a little bit of a rough patch in the beginning of the next season, so. Uh, I think, yeah, they're definitely within the conversation of being a top ten team. I think for me, it depends on on the coaching, and because because they, you know, the 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 only you know really star player or highly recruited player Ladue's had through this recent run was Moses Akpala, who was he was kind of more of a prospect than a player. Um, good, good high school player, but he was only elite as a, a college prospect. Well, he graduated, and they. I know, but I'm saying is that they they they've done this not by having be by being loaded with talent like Dismet or Lutheran North. Not D one talent, but they're uh, loaded with pretty good talent that like a lot. Just any class four team would love, even class five team would love. Well, to that, have, that that's, even that's they're coaching. not highly recruited. That, that, that's coaching, though. That's that's you develop a you have a freshman team and a JV team, and you, you and you get that talent up through the system. I think they've had a lot of players that have been under recruited. To be honest with you. Well, that that might be true, but but I, that that's the co- that's coaching though. Yeah. So I, I think that I think the question is, for de- what will determine how good they are going forward, 
and you know it's the same coaches, so you'd think it would continue. Is can they continue to get guys that aren't those you know Division One prospect kind of players to play really really well in high school? Yeah. No, if they can, and then if they if they can do that, and it seems like from what you're saying, it sounds like their freshmen and sophomores this year are very good. Yeah, I'm very high on their both those classes. Okay. And then they got a. I think their juniors are going to be very good leaders next year as well. Yeah. I hear a lot of good things about them. So, what would you say is, is the percentage chance that Ledoux uh, plays in a semifinal game one in one of the next two years? Over uh, under fifty percent. Over. In class four, if they're in class four, there's if they're in a, class four. It's got to be over. I mean, just looking at how their districts are probably going to play out, it's got to be over. And here's the thing. Um, that I think a lot of like St. Mary's would love to hear, and other like Rockwood Summit would love to hear, and obviously any class four school. There's a very high possibility that Web City's going to go and be a solid class five school next year. Something a Fort Zumalt North uh, and the Chaminade probably don't want to hear right now, or Eureka, but uh, you know, there's any class five team, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so but for Ledoux and the other class 4 schools if Ledoux does stay in class 4 that's that's going to free them up to win a state championship but i think for multiple years to come potentially cuz if 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 web city wasn't in the picture this year i think Ledoux wins a state championship oh yeah probably i think Ledoux is the second best team in the state in in the state in class 4 and we would have put the loser of this game as the second best team in the state yeah yes so okay, so you uh, th- honestly that was uh, and and I wasn't even thinking about the Web City moving up to Class Five potentially, but what you've laid out for Ladue is more optimistic than I would have been. You know more about them than, than I than I do, but I, I look at the, these last two years for Ladue and I kind of think okay, they had a, a a run of a couple really good players. They had Henry McIntosh and, and Andrew Hunt, Brock, Brock Jones, Jones, Brock Davis, Jones, Brock Jones, yeah. all the guys you guys have mentioned, and. Nice players, and, I, and you say, okay, great players, but you know, I look back, and Ledoux hasn't had players like that consistently, and so they probably aren't going to going forward. Well, so nice run, but they're not well, going to be so good no, anymore. I don't. I'm sorry, but I, you're saying that's you're saying no. This is the new normal. It is because it's it's been that way for like the last six seven years. Ledoux has had good players, and I think 2013 Ledoux came up short against Westminster in district championship, and I think that they should have won that. Then 2014, they made it to the semifinals, and 2015, they had an off year, but they had a good team. I just, I just think that there's they had some internal problems, and then 2016 and on has been quarter, semifinals are better, and I, it's it's only going to continue. Okay, or they they definitely have the talent to to to, to uh, continue it. Okay, let's talk now about the the other class four team uh, in Saint from Saint Louis that lost in a semifinal game on Saturday. St. Mary's lost in a close game, very close game, 15-14 to to Platte County. Um, John, what was your takeaways from that game? Well, I, I saw the whole game because I edited the game. Uh, now it's, it's now up on Gateway Sports Venue on YouTube. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. I, what I took away is that Platte County was definitely the better team in that game. Uh, I just I think... Well, St. Mary's did a good job of uh, of staying with them, but to me, Platte County. Well, here's the thing: they attempted four field goals and made one of them. And so they should have had 
assuming that, you know, if they made. But they were they had a lot of good field positions. Were they like long distance field goals or were they like a couple of them? Five yarders. Couple of them were it seemed like, and and that obviously well Platt counted they had, their kicker had a good leg but he just I think he was short on one of them and was wide on the other two and made the one that counted the last one that gave them a, a one point a one a one point lead in the fourth quarter. So, and I like their Platt's had, Platt. I I was confident they would win because I was I really liked their defense and that kind of came to fruition. Um, St. Mary's, well, you know their run game didn't didn't do nearly as much as they they did against Farmington and St. Mary's. I, their team, they have the talent. They're always going to make some big plays on on offense, and that's what they did. Um, but they just didn't they didn't make enough, and they actually had a chance to win the game. They had a final drive with about uh, two minutes to go in Platt County. They uh, they got a big sack and uh, just they did they they did their secondary was great. They did what they had to do. Uh, one of their players made a great play on Kevin Col- on Kevin Coleman on a kind of a hail mary throw down to the twenty yard line on the last play of the game for St. Mary's and. But just, you know, Platt County's offense did a good job even though – well, they did a good job of driving the ball and sustaining drives, but they just couldn't execute. And that's where – well, they couldn't execute when they got, like, inside the, you know, 20, 25, or 30-yard line. And that's that's where you got to give a ton of credit to St. Mary's. Their, their defense, they did a very good job of just not letting Platt County get into the red zone. But but I think the big, the big key – uh, big takeaway was Platte County's defense. They played they played great. So, uh, having said that, they're going to have a very. Uh, I think they might do a slightly better job than Ledoux on on defense, but I I, I think Web City's got to have a, a good time def- defensively against Platte County, and uh, they're gonna. I think it's going to be a it's going to be very tough for Platte County to beat Web City. Yeah, um, well, we'll move now to Class Three. Where Trinity lost to Cassville 13 to nothing. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, ending what was, um, I, I think Trinity, the Trinity players deserve actually quite a bit of credit. Yeah. Considering that they lose their best player uh, like a week before the season started or days before. It wasn't like, it wasn't like the Wednesday before the first game. A couple days. And then, and, then, and then lose their head coach and offensive coordinator. And... Play without their other best. Well, they have a couple of other really good players, but one of them, Reggie Love, who's missed most of the season. Missed most of the season due to injury. Uh, and then, um, and then their quarterback is a true freshman. Yep. And yeah, just I guess it, everyone's a true. It's a freshman. Is a true freshman. There's no redshirting. Christian Cotton is uh, probably more like a sophomore at this point in the season. Yeah, at this point in the season, but but you you if you count up a list of of factors going against them, they they had a long list. That that's very true, um, and I think well, Trinity they, their defense played a good game, but just offensively, that's where you're not entirely sure of what they can do. And you know, in Cassville, they they seem like a team of destiny. 
even though they're going to have to go up against Odessa, who's very good. Uh, but this is a Castle team that has now beaten uh, Blair Oaks, who are the reigning state champs in Class 2, uh, bumped up to Class 3, and now they've taken down Trinity, which I think might have been, uh, well, I think defensively uh, a harder test. Offensively for them, a harder test, but, you know, I think Blair Oaks had a better, I think they clearly had a better offense than offensive scheme than Trinity comparing to two teams, but Castle, they did a very good job. They've beaten two state champions from last year. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And then they also had some other some other pretty good wins too. So we knew they were very battle tested and I knew this would probably be a close game. So uh yeah, but it really was not a good week for St. Louis schools and the you know, 'cause it really wasn't all, all we three, all enrolled in Lutheran North would win. And then we we were pretty confident that Zimmel North would win. I mean, as we as that's that's a good prediction. They should have won that game, and we thought that Trinity has had a pretty good shot against Cassville. Yeah, I mean, we didn't expect them to lose by two touchdowns, but we we also thought Ladue had a solid shot against Webb City, and we thought Webb City would win. But, and same thing with St. Mary's. Yeah, I mean. same thing with St. Mary's. We, had, we thought they would win. We thought they could have a pretty good pretty good shot against Platte County, and yet all four all lose. Four lost. Yeah. This may have actually been, you know, we transitioned a little quickly, but this might have been St. Mary's best team in school history. I mean, someone can correct me on that, but just, you know, they got to the semifinals and, you know, they they didn't go down easily. So just just a little quick word on them. But, yeah. No, very good. Uh, you're, you're, I think you're probably right. Um we will. Uh, we mentioned though there, there's been some some bad news, a lot of some bad news in the last couple of games we've talked about. But we'll get to some good news here, and that is that Lutheran North defeated Lathrop 38 to 24, and next week they will play Ava for the state championship. Uh, when I say next week, I mean Friday. This week, yes. Friday this week, Friday, 3 p.m. at Faro Field in Columbia. I'll do my best to be there, but that's no guarantee. Yeah. Uh, so Ava is they're located. Uh, Somewhat south, south yeah, southeast of Springfield. Uh, they're undefeated. They've played some teams with some good records. They've played uh, and, and defeated uh, Thayer, Missouri, who I believe is is either is uh, either lost to the semifinals in Class One or or will be um, playing Valley Catholic for the Lincoln's championship. Lincoln's playing Valley Catholic. Okay, so they, they, they I, I, th- I believe Thayer lost Thayer's to a good Valley. Team. Um, and and uh, Ava beat them in overtime mm-hmm. in the regular season. Other than that, we can't pick up too much from their their record because it's it's class two and the, the opponents are simply not anything like North Lutheran North has been playing in the St. Louis area. Yep. Uh, I um, so so as we said, we don't really know all that much about about Ava's football team. Is there any conceivable way Lutheran North loses this game? Uh, you never know. It's, it's a state championship. Assuming that there's not crazy. like a food poisoning incident. Well, first off, I think you know we got to commend Luther North for finally kind of giving over, getting over that semifinal hump that's been you know plaguing them for the last several years. Uh, you know, in a couple of seasons, you know they've had to go up against Lamar in the past, and uh, you know barely, you know they they failed big or they barely failed, you know, like in 2017 and. Last year they ran into just an amazing offense in Blair Oaks, um, but this year they they have more horses and they they got the job done against Lathrop, who's the number two team in the in the, in the state for Class Two, and uh, they won the game at Bayless High School as well. 
So, uh, yeah, really, really good for Luther North. And I think they, I don't know who, I, well, that was their decision to move the game, but that was a pretty good decision because, you know, Bayless had artificial turf. And, uh, you know, Luther North's field does not. And I think they might have been remember, uh, citing the game two years ago when they lost to Lamar, when they uh, lost them 7-6 to six and had to play on grass turf in the, in the rain. So I think they might have been smarting from their, their, that, their past and wanted to play on artificial turf, and uh, it, it proved a big difference this time. So uh, I, I, I fully expect them to win and be state champions. And uh, First state championship in the Kyle Reed era, I believe. Yeah, first state championship since, I believe, the 90s. Early 90s when they won three in a row, yeah. Yes. Uh, so, But uh, if you're from Western Missouri, you'll be okay, though, because then you'll just assume that, you know, the Smet and Luther North cheated because they re- they recruit. So <laughs> I think they'll they'll live with it. That's you know I, just from observing Missouri high school football for over the past ten years, it's clear to see that it's easier for public school teams in areas such as Southwest Missouri or non-urban areas. It's easier for those public school teams to build dynasties. Yeah, such as Webb City and Lamar uh, and Lamar and Blair Oaks. Because Carney for a little while. Yeah, and Carney and Carney. Because in those areas, you don't have the Metro Catholic Conference and Lutheran North and Carnal Ritter and Trinity, yeah. who are recruiting a major amount of your best players. I mean, that, that's just the advantage of those teams that they don't have to deal with any of the players that live in their area getting recruited away. Mm-hmm. But it's it just goes to show you how the two the two. Best team, the two styles of teams we've seen that usually win the state championships are the public schools usually out of the St. Louis area that are those dynasty teams such as Webb City or those uh, private school recruited teams such as um, DeSmet and, and uh, Lutheran North. That's a very good observation, and I never thought of it exactly that way. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I've heard some observations like that before, somewhere to that. Yeah, yeah I, I, my only thing on, on this is that, that, you know, private school dominance is fairly new in St. Louis in the larger divisions. Mm-hmm. And if you go back really before 2010, the the most dominant large schools in St. Louis were the public schools. It was the, the Hazel and really the North County public schools. It was Hazelwood Central, Hazelwood East, McClure, McClure North. Um, Sumner for a little while. Sumner uh, in the very early days of the, I think the state championship in Missouri started in. So well, they had they had a sixty one. They won six, state I, two I, years in a row in the early nineties. I think it was was it sixty six. I want to say it was sixty eight. It was at least well, fifty years ago. Yeah the um, the uh, the the smaller private schools of all in St Louis have always dominated the the smaller divisions, um, including Lutheran North in the, in the early nineties. Um, but yeah, those, it was really those four North County schools and Kirkwood are the, were the, the five dominant public school teams uh, in, in Missouri, in the St. Louis area. Um, but I, there's no question that has totally, totally changed uh, in the last several years. And a lot of the players that probably would have been some of the best players on those teams are now at CBC, Dismet, uh, uh, or, or wherever, Luther North. So pretty confident on, on Lutheran North, and uh, that's where uh, we're going to sign off on, uh, on this podcast, and we'll come back next week with really one game to look over. Hopefully it's going to be a Lutheran North uh, state championship I, review. I, I, do, I have something to discuss before we end. 
Yeah. All right. So this uh, this Wednesday, hope hope you uh, hurry up and get the podcast out uh, sometime on Tuesday, so that people can hear about this. On uh, on Wednesday at two fifteen p.m., I am told there will be a state championship victory parade in East St. Louis, which is great. I'm glad they're doing that. That's awesome. Hope everyone has lots of fun at that. But I bring that up because on an earlier podcast this year, we were discussing, has there ever been a state championship victory parade in St. Louis? We were guessing the answer is no. We asked people to get at us on, on Twitter and let us know if there had been one. You're welcome, St. Louis. That's our day. Uh, I stole our idea, but that's great. <laughs> yeah, no. So we, uh, I, I'm assuming that, that uh, at the uh, East St. Louis parade that they will be crediting Gateway Sports Venue. That's probably the first thing uh, Darren Sunkett will say when he gets up on a podium. to <laughs> the Gateway to, Sports Venue. By the way, thanks for the idea. Yes. But... No, uh, please, please uh, if you're, uh, I, I, most people are probably working at 2.15 p.m. on, on a Wednesday, but if uh, you have the, the day off for some reason or uh, uh, otherwise unoccupied, please go enjoy the parade. I'm sure it will be awesome, great way to uh, celebrate, uh, as we, we said, a historically great East St. Louis team. Yeah, It's really yeah. great that they're doing that, especially for uh, uh, the East St. Louis community, who is, uh, I know they have a lot of support for that football team, yeah. which yeah. is really, really cool. And so uh, will, will this Met be taking over Ballast Road? I don't think so. And uh, oh, I, I think they should. I that would be great. They were public school and maybe, but I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah. That'd be great, but I just don't see it. <laughs> being them, them just being a private school. Yeah. But I I, I, I want to give the East St. Louis community a shout out because they really. Uh, you know, I don't like to talk about you know views or whatnot. It doesn't define you know you know how. In a way, like how popular, how much respect you get. Well, but, it kind of does define how popular you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, but I, I like to think about. I like the. I'm big on the respect and the reputation. So, but you know, they've really helped us grow. Uh, you know, from a numbers point of view, uh, you know the the, the Batavia East St. Louis game first week of the season has eleven. 11,000 views. That's our most ever viewed video on GSV. And, you on know, YouTube. On, yeah, on, yeah GSV's YouTube page. And, i got to uh, say. So you're, uh, I'm sure they've got uh, a lot of them follow, you're, uh, follow you're, us on all social media. So I just want to say thank you. Your clowning of the uh, Batavia football players on Twitter was a, a defining moment of the season for East St. Louis. It you, was so easy. It I was think such you, an easy target. I think you should be given a, a state championship ring. That's another, <laughs> that's another thing we would like to talk to Aaron Sunken about. <laughs> Um, but is getting John Huff a uh, East St. Louis championship ring? I I went back and tried to look at that. It was a gif. For those of you who don't know, it was a gif of uh, Batavia. They uh, they had four four players kind of awkwardly dance in this gif. It was like a twenty four hours until kickoff. And there's like four players kind of dancing a little awkwardly. They're probably told to like, hey, do something funny. And uh, yeah, it just was to me. It looked pretty cringe, and I just <laughs> quote tweeted ESL by fifty, <laughs> and uh, well, they won by fourteen. But they they looked they. I think they should have won by fifty just until the refs kind of you know made themselves uh, available in that game. So. Yeah, I think you and I were at a college football game that day, and I, I was coming from a college football game. Or, okay, now, but you, you, I, I saw that on your your. Twitter account and I, I when I when I saw the, the GIF that Batavia had posted, I thought, yeah, I I I think you're right. I think East St. Louis will win this game by fifty. And I know nothing about Batavia's team other yeah. th- other than what they're ranked and you know the 
Tim O'Halloran's rankings. <laughs> if you, if you want to know, it, it, in a way, it ratioed that original tweet. It had like 100 likes, and the quote tweet I had had like 300 likes on it. <laughs> so that was that was a funny moment. Yeah, that, well, it made, yeah, I, I felt cool. Yeah. So enjoy the parade on Wednesday. And quick, Ro- Roman wants to say something. Quick public service announcement to my GACFootball.com followers: I will be releasing the all Super Conference rosters. Probably in the middle of next week, and at the same time, I will be revealing my GAC uh, overall player of the year, along with the offensive, defensive, special teams player of the year, and a coach of the year. So, uh, so is Cairo Payne the player of the year? We shall see. <laughs> we will, you guys oh, I, will uh, uh, definitely figure that out. Was the defensive player of the year Gabriel Rubio? He is not the, uh, Lutheran St. Charles, not in GAC. Oh, so, so, so it's the AAA uh, conference. Okay, so it has to be the one of those big public schools. Oh, there's there's no such thing as a private school in the GAC role. No, not not since uh, Duchenne left five years ago. It's been an all public school league. Yeah. So make sure you uh, uh, ch- check out his website to uh, make sure he spelled Cairo Payne's name correctly on the uh, Player of the Year award. <laughs> they should do that. Maybe. All right. On that note, we will sign off. See you guys. Bye.